Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can, too, by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grownup is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this episode 146 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Mm. <laughs> Mo is always incredulous. He can't believe. Yeah. He cannot believe. <laughs> Joining us, as always, of course, is Mo. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? Wouldn't be a show without George. How you? Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we head to the theater to see what Sam Raimi's Deadites have gotten up to lately. Check out a nostalgic and decorative timepiece that can add some retro flair to your home and play a new indie game that puts you in charge of building an increasingly complex factory assembly line. When I read that, I'm like, that sounds riveting. But then I look at your video mode and it's really cool. That's not a... What, are we playing Goat Simulator now? What the hell is this come to? It's fun. Trust me. It it, it looks fun. It looks fun. We will get to that and many more more items coming up a little bit in the show. First, though, we want to talk about a milestone we just crossed. We're recording this on Friday, April 28th. And just a few hours ago, our YouTube channel crossed 25,000 subscribers. Woo! Insert applause here. Yay! Sort of, yay! I will. I'll insert applause right there. Yeah. <laughs> you can really sell it by saying it out loud. I think yeah, that, that really will make figured, it yeah. really feel extemporaneous. This has been almost six years in the making, and especially wow. just in the last uh, six months or so since uh, I was out of work and been focusing on stuff, we've grown exponentially just in the last few months, and it's been amazing. I think it's a lot to do with all the work you've been doing, John. I mean, all the time and effort you've been putting into it, I think it's definitely showed. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> George, we don't get paid. We, we get nothing for this. <laughs> he does. Yeah, we know we get no. nothing. There's no. There's oh, you're no trying advantage. to get paid. Uh, oh, so that's, true. that's called prostitution, sir. That's a different show. <laughs> so, George, was that the kissy noise of you mocking Mo, or was that just your kissy noise you were preparing to kiss up? I don't know which thing you were. Oh doing. no, yeah, that was mocking <laughs> no, Mo. Okay. You know He's I don't kiss oh, up for Wishful thinking. I don't thinking? know. <laughs> Jeez, dude, that's some bullshit. This is 100, episode 146. You haven't figured it out yet? <laughs> you would think. 
I really just wanted to call it out because it's a lot of work. It's a real grind. It's a lot of stuff. There's always planning. There's always writing. There's always editing. There's always publishing. And I just want to take a second to pause right here in the middle of this recording to just thank you, listener, and most importantly, to thank you, George, and you, Mo, for, you know, what kind of thing like this just goes for years and years and years, and nobody gets mad and takes their ball and goes home. Nobody <laughs> runs off and says, oh, you're garbage, or if there's a fight or whatever. Or at least comes back. <laughs> Yeah, well, listen, it's never come to that all the way. You know, the, the yeah. band has stayed <laughs> together and it's it's because of that consistency and that comfort uh, and the rapport that we have that's really allowed us to come this far. And I just want to one more time thank publicly my two co-hosts, my two dear friends for helping us get this far and excited for what's to come for all of us. Every When you said it was six years, I think my brain was still stuck on the year five mode. I yeah, had not too. gotten past that. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah mm-hmm. I was like, are you sure it's six years now? Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah. next next it, month, you're right. Six years. It's It does feel strange and euphoric. And we were talking earlier today, John. Mm-hmm. I said, isn't it nice that we can now find ourselves getting mad at the fact that our subscriber count didn't reach 200 the last couple of days that it only reached 195 <laughs> right. or 184? Like, son of a... What is going on? I'm, I'm Why are we not over 200 subscribers right. a day? It's something else. So thank you again, all of you subscribers too, for uh, the part that you do. Every time you click and swipe and comment, everything that you do has made that happen. So pause here just to feel grateful about it. And then we're going to move on with the show. It's time for some fourth <laughs> listener email. Oh the show. The, uh, yeah, we're doing that too. The fourth listener this time around is Tom W. He hit us up over on Facebook. Uh, and here's what Tom had to say. Hi, Gen Xers. I just heard your episode about the Gen X stuff we can't stand. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Here we go. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. fine. I know. <laughs> Nobody's mad at you. Oh, okay. One oh. thing I hated was when something great was on TV, but got canceled due to one reason or another. You talked about what uh, Solid Gold you were talking about in the show, right, George? You didn't oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Solid yeah. Gold. Yeah. yeah, Travesty, still to this day. Travesty. <laughs> 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 At least, it had some, at least it had some years behind it, though. It wasn't like some of the. I think it did. Some other, it made it. Yeah, like right. A, it probably made it like seven or eight years. Yeah, maybe it's not a decade, bad though. It's not a bad run. It was long enough to be an institution. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the one that upset Tom was Square Pegs, arguably the best TV show from the early '80s, as well as Freaks and Geeks, the oh, best Freaks show about the early '80s. Yeah, Freaks yeah. and Geeks for okay. sure. Freaks and Geeks was a travesty for yeah. sure. Yeah. Square Do you guys remember I Square Pegs? I don't remember that one. Yeah, I remember Square Pegs. That was um the girl who ended up on Sin and. Uh, Sex in the City. That's right. Sarah Jessica Parker. That's right. Sarah she was Jessica in that. Parker, yeah. And she had to be 20, 21 or something. Very young. Wasn't it was about Jamie four high Gertz school students. Her, Jamie Gertz was her co-star in that, I think. Wasn't she? Oh, I couldn't tell you. If you say so. I was going to say yes. I don't remember anyone else. I, I have that in my brain. It's probably wrong. I know who was in it was, um, who's the guy that played Kirk's son in The Wrath of Khan? He was in it. White curly hair oh, guy. little, curly little hair. Uh, blonde perm guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah perm he was, guy. I can't remember his name either. Perm <laughs> guy. He was, he was like a goth kid in that. I David think not the, someone... David was a character named right, they killed him right. in the yeah. third movie, which was yeah. they should have killed him in the second, but either way. Spoiler. Yeah. Anyway. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So going on about Tom's uh shows, another one is an obscure Saturday morning cartoon called Bump in the Night, which was hilarious. It actually featured the G-ish rated voices of what later became Insane Clown Posse. Huh. <laughs> wow. I don't remember that show. I don't either. remember this I at all. I don't either. Well, the good news is Tom says, I'm linking a video to refresh your memory in case you can't remember. <laughs> Thank it. you. Mo- yeah, there <laughs> you go. Right. So I looked at it and it looks fun. I don't remember it at all, but so it's called Bump in the Night and it's, it's another travesty that Tom really enjoyed. 
enjoyed and we all missed yeah. apparently we might have enjoyed it but it's worth checking <laughs> out yeah so we'll throw that in the show notes listener if you want to check that out sure uh tom wraps it up by saying thanks your friend in gin x tom w <laughs> thank you awesome. tom we need like a a podcast episode if we haven't already done it shit it's been six years we probably did it three years ago and i've forgotten but <laughs> we might we need have done it twice like you don't know <laughs> about our favorite shows from that era that were canceled too early like each one of us pick one episode or one show or whatever you get to talk about it yeah That's a good idea i'm sure yeah. i can think one i can probably think one up right now so all right mm-hmm. <laughs> put it on the list manimal for baby future. manimal, manimal. Yeah, that's the one i'm putting <laughs> that's that is one but that's not the one i would pick <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom, for writing into the show. We love it every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to hit us up and let us know what they thought of something we did or the memories that it sparked. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is drop dead easy. Just fire off an email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them, like Tom's, who hit us up on Facebook, will eventually make the show. All right. With that good business behind us, the really good business of 25,000 subscribers especially, it's time to (laughs) jump into the body this episode right after this. Guys, for the last few weeks, we have been checking out Factors ready-made meals. Now, they tell us that eating better is easy with their delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, ready to go in two minutes. All that is great. It wouldn't matter if it didn't taste good. So mm-hmm. I've, we've, I've had several. I've been eating them every couple of nights. I'll try one of these Factor meals. And then I had this turkey chili, and wow, was that good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my fiancé is vegetarian. Is- vegan actually so i went with the, yes. with the vegetarian option oh mm-hmm. okay and you did for the whole box okay yeah for the whole box you know because they have like over 35 different options you can choose from like every single week mm-hmm. so i went with the vegan option or the vegetarian option and let me tell you they were pretty freaking amazing yeah matter of okay. fact she yeah. stole half of them one to start with wow. <laughs> she took so. them from you yeah yeah my <laughs> wife and i have been trading out saying oh you try this and you try this and check it out mm-hmm. <laughs> it was surprisingly good and again like i didn't realize that even that some of these that were even vegetarian i didn't even know that didn't even know wow hmm. so what's really cool though is that if you want to add something extra to all these different meal choices that mm-hmm. you're talking about, there's like 60 different add-ons to help you get going <laughs> and feel good basically all day long. And I don't mean mm-hmm. just like like an extra side or something like that. Like there's a whole bunch of breakfast add-on meals that you can add on to your subscription, not add on yeah. to the right, dinner yeah. meal, but like mm-hmm. to add to your meal plan for the day. And mm. I just think it's, it's really awesome that they give you all these different choices so that you're not just tied into just dinner or just lunch. Having breakfast mm-hmm. as part of one of these meal plans is, I think, kind of unique. I haven't seen that before in any of these meal yeah. delivery services. So I don't know what everybody's waiting for. It's time to get started and get after <laughs> your goals right now. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant quality meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes and smoothies? Yes, please. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping or cooking or even cleanup required. Just throw it in the trash when you're done. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Let me tell you, if you're looking for something fast with premium options, Factor is the perfect solution for you. You guys know I'm the spreadsheet guy. Yep. I have done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every single meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Just head over to factormeals.com slash genx50 and use code genx50 to get 50% off. That's code genx50 at factormeals.com slash genx50 to get 50% off. 
be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Nutritious. That describes every peanut butter, because they all have about the same nutrition. But one stands out from the rest. It's not only nutritious, it's more. It's peanuttier Jif, and it's delicious, with more fresh roasted peanut taste than any leading brand. Jif's made with only number one grade peanuts, sealed in its jar while it's fresh and warm for delicious peanut taste. Peanutty good. Peanuttier Jif. Nutritious because it's peanut butter. Delicious because it's Jif. Let's get cooking, talking about media that we have been consuming. Now, of course, this could be film or television or books or comics or music or whatever we have been enjoying. And I would like to start with you, Mo. What yeah. have you uh, been checking out? Oh, geez. It's a show called Mrs. Davis. It's on Peacock uh, streaming. It came mm. out April 20th, I think, the first episode. Mm -hmm. Five episodes have dropped. There's three more left, I think. Mm. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out how to describe this show. It's a dramedy, drama comedy kind of thing. And I'm looking at like what the official description of the show is, which is- okay. Sister Simone partners with her ex-boyfriend Wiley on a globe-spanning journey to destroy Mrs. Davis, a powerful artificial intelligence. What? That does not <laughs> at all. I was you with you when it was a nun, and then AI popped up at the end. Like okay, I lost so again. <laughs> I was thinking about this, and so I was like, about like, how do I describe the show without giving a bunch of stuff away? It's it's okay. a weird show to start with. It's just a weird show, and it's one of those shows where you have all these weird different events happening, but they all come together. Like, and when they come Later. together, you're like, uh -huh. oh, that kind of thing. So I was just making a list of some of the story elements that are in this, and none of these are gonna be okay. spoilers because you'll just discover them as you go through it. Mm -hmm. So you have a nun and AI, obviously from the description, the Holy Grail, Pope. Sneakers, a giant Excalibur, a possibly immortal cat, Super Bowl, a magician, organ transplants, and German kidnappers. Now, all of those. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I think Chat GPT just threw up in Mo's mouth and just fell out a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, this is just Chat GPT. Just make up a show. I was just as I was thinking about it, me thinking, what, like, where are some of the weird story elements? And those, all those were story elements in this thing. Okay. And there's even wow. a cowboy. I've got to put the cowboy in there too. It stars Betty Gelpin, right? Uh, yeah. So she's, John, you might remember her. She was on the TV show Glow that was popular for a couple of seasons about the women's wrestling organization. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she was in that movie, The Hunt, which was really good. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. She was the one that they brought by accident. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah. she ended up just tearing everybody up yeah. at the end. Yeah. It's her. <laughs> and they say, I mean, it's, it's just a weird show. And I watched the first episode. I'm like, eh, I feel kind of eh about it. But then mm -hmm. I watched the second episode and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then- <laughs> But now I'm just totally sucked in because I got to see how all of this works. But all the elements, like you said, these things get thrown at you in the middle of the episode. You're like, what the hell is this guy in deserted island have to do with anything? You know, because it seemed like a random just switch. Like, like they suddenly switched the film to like some dog scratching himself in the street. Like, why are they doing like this? The Hall you know? of Justice. <laughs> you know? But eventually it does all start to connect. Is that well, what you've well, seen so far? The, the fifth episode. So you guys stick to the fifth. They definitely do like a hair like tie a whole bunch of stuff together one mm -hmm. and the way they did it was really good because somebody's relaying it to the main character and as they go through these points also they switch back to them and they're like i knew it i knew it i knew that was going on <laughs> you know that kind of thing so it was so it was it's actually really entertaining because i'm obviously still watching it looking forward to the next episode but it's mm -hmm. a weird show so it feels like it has a little bit of a mystery element yes. to it because you're talking about tying mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. up and stuff i'm just curious all great mysteries if they do it well whether it be tv shows Show, radio book whatever 
when you get to that tie together moment, yeah. you automatically have these light bulbs that pop off mm-hmm. in your head saying, oh, now that makes sense. Or yeah, this very makes satisfying. Sense. Yeah. Did it oh, have oh, big that? Time. Oh, yeah. Big okay, time. Because I'm sitting there. Because that what the... means it's a decent mystery. Yeah. Then. And, and there's even, I'll say this much, there's even like a MacGuffin in there. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What I can only imagine, I've not seen any of this. It sounds mm-hmm. like you both have watched some of it. I have is, not watched any of it. Oh, you haven't? You're just aware of it? Okay. No, no. That's I it. saw Betty Gelpin on uh, Daily Show. She was promoting uh-huh. the TV Got series. It. I'm imagining like get to episode three or four. They do the thing. Last time on Mrs. Davis. Oh, they do. They that must to. be chaotic. They have to, too. Because you're like, uh, uh, what happened? You know, there was a pirate and there was a pope and there was an AI and there was yeah, a dog. Yeah. And-, and there was. And like, <laughs> you know, what the frick does this cat have to do with anything? And you know, <laughs> I don't see how this can go past a season. It seems like mm. it's it, it's made to run a season. That's my impression. I don't know. Did I mention AI? Yeah, I did mention AI. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just bringing it up. Just making sure I didn't forget that part. You didn't but, have to, but you did. <laughs> like well, I said, chat B- GPT is inside of Mo right now. Did I mention myself? <laughs> so, but again, uh, definitely, it's definitely worth the watch. But I guarantee right. if you watch the first one or two, you're going to, feel forced to watch the rest mm. just to Uh-oh. just to see what the hell's going on oh okay. so okay so that's what i got so how about you john what have you been watching you know i was initially going to talk about the nicholas cage vampire movie renfield yeah, because yeah. i saw it a couple weeks ago we never got around right. to it mm-hmm. but just a little wild hair i went you know let's see what's at the theater i had my a-list slot open and i remember i forget who one of you was looking forward to guy ritchie's the covenant that was, oh, that was me. Yeah. Wait, yeah. are you, you going to talk okay. about it? I am. Damn I am. It. Have you even seen it? I won't spoil it. No spoilers. No spoilers. You're safe. So I, that's what I went to see. And it was so impactful and powerful that I switched. I'm like, this is what I want to talk about because wow. Renfield was fun. It was great. It was Nicolas Cage's vampire, blah, blah, blah. It was cute. But after I saw it, I was done and I wasn't really thinking about it again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just kind of had the feeling like, you know, Air recently came out about the Nike thing. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. need to see that in a the theater. I'll watch it on TV later. But when I saw the trailer for this, I'm like, this looks powerful. Like, I want to see mm-hmm. it in the theater. Right. And, and I see why they put Guy Ritchie's on the front of it because the cover it is kind of just a generic name that could have right. slipped under the radar. It might have slipped under my radar, honestly, if I didn't see Guy Ritchie had directed it, you know? But this is uh, what Jake Gyllenhaal, okay. and he right. plays this this soldier who is, he's over there with the military uh, in Afghanistan. They're fighting the Taliban. They're trying to find... Uh, uh, IEDs, improvised explosive devices, mm-hmm. and and he and his team are out doing this, and they have a new translator who, in the, in the first scene, they lose their translator, so they need a new one. And in the trailer, they tell you that what happens is, through a series of crazy events, this translator saves his life, and he, he agrees, like all translators, this is not like fictional, like this happens, this translator agreed to help our forces in exchange for a visa to come to the U.S. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And after all the great work the translator did and saved this guy's life, they just let him flounder, and now this soldier soldier has decided he's going to go back in country to Afghanistan himself because he can get no help from the government or from the system. He's going to go try to rescue this guy himself. Wow. And it was, I was holding my breath for the majority of the film. Every once in a while, I realized, <gasps> take a breath because it's so stressful and it's so powerful, not in a cheap way, but in a, in a visceral way. So I want to point out something because you used a word in there several times. You called okay. him the translator. So in the, I don't know if this made it into the final cut in the movie, but the first time I saw this trailer, it wasn't called Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Okay. It was called The Interpreter because That's there was right. a scene oh. where Jake Gyllenhaal and he are on the road right before an attack. 
before Gyllenhaal gets up, gets hurt. You're right. And he says, listen, you're translator, just translate the stuff. And he goes, no, 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 I'm an interpreter. And mm-hmm. then the attack happens and all this stuff. And that's when everything goes off the rails. I'm wondering if maybe they did some test audience stuff and somebody in the test audience said, if I didn't know what this was, if it wasn't Guy Ritchie thing, yeah. mm-hmm. I wouldn't go see the interpreter because there's already been movies called the interpreter, the interrogator, right, several right. different variations. But I wonder if maybe that's why they went with the Guy Ritchie's The Covenant after the fact. Because that first trailer, I'm sure, said The Interpreter was the name of the movie. Ah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, how interesting would it be to watch some guy translate between languages? Like that, That's yeah. not what the movie's about, really. <laughs> right. And, and also, I mean, Guy Ritchie, his name does have some cachet. Like, you know, he's oh, sure. involved in the film. Yeah. You're going to go see it, right? You're gonna, you have mm-hmm. expectations for it, right? So it, it a smart move, I guess, whoever finally made that last minute decision, apparently. <laughs> but the movie didn't look like a Guy Ritchie movie in the trailer so john you've seen it did it feel like a guy Ritchie? Oh, good movie? Point. because guy Ritchie has a specific style of film he does it it doesn't i'll say that i didn't see it visually but i felt it in in, in, in the <laughs> pacing and in, in the the structure i i felt okay. the guy richiness it's a little less uh gangster shenanigans kind of guy Ritchie, and it's a little more grounded guy Ritchie. i would say but like I said, the other movies I've gone to see and I, I, I eat them up and spit them out like gum. It's like, I've got all the taste out of that, all the flavors out of that. But this film, like I came out of it going, first, I know it's based on a true story, but it's also, even if it weren't, the situations they're talking about do happen where yeah, we, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. we draft these, these translator interpreters, whatever, Absolutely. to work with our forces. There's heroism in it. There's that kind of that kind of brotherly friendship that's unspoken. Like you see two characters just kind of look each, at each other and do that very subtle nod. And you're like, they so get each other. They're not even going to talk about it kind of thing. It's it's right. that kind of bonding film. And just to see the guy go back and try to rescue the guy who basically rescued him. It's something you're going to watch again and again. So even if oh, I wow. had spoiled it, which I did not. <laughs> uh, it, as the movie was ending, I turned to my friend I was watching it with and I said, I wasn't sure what kind of ending it was going to have. But then I realized no matter how it ends, it's not a happy ending because all these things still happened. These things are still terrible. Right. This situation right. is awful. Regardless of how the ending is, it's a heavy topic, but it was treated with a lot of respect. I would say like four and a half tokens. It was strong. Mm, that good. It was wow. a really, oh yeah, yeah. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did, but yeah, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. If you get a chance to see it in the theaters, I think it's only a couple weeks in. I don't know how long it's going to be there. It's yeah, worth days. seeing there, but if you miss it there, it's definitely worth seeing though. All so, right. Hmm. Yeah, good. So you were right to look forward to it, George. <laughs> cool. Now you just you'll see <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right. Now there's something else you were looking forward to that you did get around to seeing though. What was that? Yeah. Uh, well, you you mentioned it in the tease, so I think most people out there probably know what we're talking about. Evil Dead Rise. So this is mm. the one, two, three, four, fifth film in the Evil Dead franchise series, depending upon how you look at everything, because you know, you've got the original Evil Dead, you've got Evil Dead 2, which is basically a remake of Evil Dead just with more money. Right. Then okay. you've got uh Evil Dead 3 Army of Darkness, where Ash goes off into the vortex and ends up in wherever Never Neverland with the medieval <laughs> right. knights. <laughs> then you've got the remake that was done a few years ago. I think 2013, I think. The Netflix one, I think. Uh, was it Netflix? Somebody did it. Somebody and it did was it, yeah. a moderately okay Evil Dead film. Yeah. It was amped up because we've got more budget, more special effects and stuff available to us these days than they had back in the 80s. But it, nobody was clamoring for that group to have their next film, right? right? Okay. So it wasn't that everybody it was okay. thought Evil Dead mm-hmm. was done at that point. Well, then somebody said, you know what? <laughs> 
<laughs> on second Let's go thought. back to that universe again. <laughs> sure. Because we've kind of run out of ideas in Hollywood. Now, <laughs> I have recently seen Sam Raimi at Megacon here in Orlando, mm-hmm. Florida, and he did like a really quick little panel. Like he was supposed to be an hour. He was late. So it ended up being like 20 minutes or so. They showed us a trailer at that point. What I got out of that panel was that even though his name is on this as an executive producer, he wasn't horribly involved in it. Like he read the script, he approved it. He liked it, that kind of thing. But I don't think he had hands on day to day work Mm. on this film. Uh, That being said, yeah, it's in the evil dead universe. (laughs) You don't sound terribly impressed. Yeah. Well, you gave four and a half tokens to Guy Ritchie's. I could barely give two and three quarters to this. Okay. I mean, all right to see, but not amazing, right? That's. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying (laughs) to qualify that statement. (laughs) Let me ask, because I'm a big fan of the original Evil Dead, right? The Army of Darkness, Mm -hmm. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. And part of why I liked it was just the the, the B movie campiness of it that they just completely leaned into. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of like to the point where it's almost like ridiculous, right? How far they like leaned into that. Yeah. And then the remake they did recently, I remember, was not like that at all. Mm-hmm. It was like a just a just a straight big budget Hollywood horror, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So which one is this? Oh, uh, it's definitely big budget Hollywood. Oh, horror. really? Oh man. Okay, it's the latter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bummer. So. One of my favorite scenes from the original Evil Dead, both the original and the two remake thing, Mm -hmm. not the 2013, 16, whatever it was, but, you know, the one that was just a couple of years later where Sam Raimi got a little bit more money and redid it. One of the best things in that movie is there's several scenes where the demonites, the deadites, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. they are cackling maniacally Mm -hmm. in unison from all their different parts of the cabin. And, you know, the guy is just losing his mind. He's going crazy in the frenetic pace of that shoot. And because the film quality was so bad, well, they tried to redo that in a couple of scenes in this Hmm. movie. Okay. And I was so underwhelmed by the demoness demoness i don't know not female demons but there were female demons but demonicness demonicness maybe there you go sure of the i don't think that's a word either but it's a word it's something something, just of the makeup and the characters and what they were trying to do that when they did that scene i was like Mm. really no it it was underwhelming that sucks they did throw some tie-ins back to sam raimi's stuff they're there is a chainsaw. There is a shotgun. Okay. <laughs> but if it's not attached to your hand, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's not attached to your hand. There is a moment when you think maybe a character might, you know, lose their hand, but no. sadly, no, that doesn't happen. And I think the thing that really made me the most upset, mm-hmm. they do a time jump in this film. Okay. Okay. They start the film off at a cabin in the woods. And I'm like, oh, okay. I like cabin in the woods, evil dead. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we saw in the trailers, right? The trailers right. we saw, you know, really creepy looking apartment building. Right, right. So I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. how is this going to end up there? Are they going to go to the, it's a time jump. What you see at the beginning, cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Then after five minutes, they finish the grabber and it's one day earlier. So, you know, oh, okay. meanwhile, at the hall of justice bullshit. <laughs> Back at the apartment <laughs> thing. I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then 
essentially what you get is how they get to the cabin in the woods part for the rest of the movie. Okay. That in and of itself doesn't necessarily turn me off, but it sounds like that structure bothered you in this particular film, or maybe that structure always bothers you. I don't know. It, it, no, it doesn't always bother me when it's done right. I love okay. it. However, mm. for evil dead, mm. don't start off with the fucking killings. I see. Oh, so that's, that's what happened to the all the oh, demon shit. Oh. And then say one day later, Cause you build to that. You, you would build, build to all this to demonic. It, exactly. Right. You, you have to build the psyche, the scared, the, the panic. You have to build mm. to all of that in an Evil Dead film. I don't care where you set it. I don't care what characters you give me. I don't give a shit. All I want to see is that you build to somebody opening up the Necronomicon, somebody <laughs> playing a stupid taper record or reading the goddamn sentences. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to read from that book. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't care if you don't have trees raping women. I don't need that. Ooh. I mean... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you've seen the first movie. That's the first two films. Have I seen that film? I'm not sure. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, Mr. Goonies. Come <laughs> oh on. My God. I mean, maybe. Oh, my God. It's been, it, it's been a while if I have. So It's been oh. a while. If you don't know that scene, you have not seen the movie. You, you would not forget that scene. Could I have blocked it out, maybe? Is it that bad? Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> no, you couldn't. <laughs> You would okay. not. You can't forget that scene. Anyway, it's like the main thing Evil Dead fans remember. About the movies. <laughs> so you're saying I wouldn't remember everything but that. That would be the thing I remember. If, oh, no, that would be the thing okay. that would stick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, so Evil Dead Rise, yes, it's in the universe. Yes, it has Sam Raimi's stamp of approval. It's not an Evil Dead film. Not up to par. It's not. It doesn't live up to the quality of an Evil. It doesn't even live up to the quality of that 2013, 2016 remake in my opinion. Ooch. Ooh. That's a blow. Yep. Sorry it was underwhelming. You know, go see the Covenant. You'll you'll get the taste of it. (laughs) Coming up on 5-Minute News. I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Squeeze those lemons, chop those herbs. All that chicken, it's superb. Shrimp on the grill, broiled and basted. It's the best I've ever tasted. Chicken and shrimp, together they're great. Now at Sizzler, one special It was about six weeks ago when I talked about the remarkable, the the writing pad. Oh, I got yeah. the electronic the writing tablet, pad. The, yeah. the, the paperless pencil y yeah, thing. Exactly. Sure. Right. So and I told you I told people back then that, you know, they had a hundred day return, no questions asked policy. Right. Oh. Uh-huh. So where are we in that now? So I've had this thing for six weeks now, and I said, you know what? I didn't really know what I thought about it because it was too early. I only had it for a few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You just got it when we I talked just last got time. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now it's six weeks later. I thought I probably should update people, let you know like now that I've okay. actually used it what I think about it mm-hmm. and honestly it's become pretty much indispensable to me I've not gone back to my planner at all wow. my original planner mm-hmm. is history I don't use it 
and this is a big deal. I mean, this is the this is the Mo can't leave the house without his planner, and if he does, he goes yeah. back for it kind of planner. This is a big yeah, yeah, deal exactly. to replace that I, thing. I tell yeah. people, if you don't see me write it in my planner, it doesn't exist in my Didn't head. Because <laughs> you've been using the planner for like oh. multiple decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was way I, – I got my first planner. They sent me to a training class way back when, my first jobs, and they gave me a planner. And then ever since then, I guess it, it appeals to my like ADD that. or something. It, it just like you know, it keeps me so organized. multiple decades are out the window for six weeks with this remarkable tablet. Yeah, well, I said – because one, you know, it's not inexpensive. It's like 400-something bucks or whatever it was I paid mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, if I was spending that much money, I'm going to die both feet. Just going to go for it, use it. First week was kind of rough, but I kind of figured out like how to set up a basically a planner equivalent inside of it. So, you know, I go in there and I have my every day and I could check off my to-do list and do all that stuff, all my notes. And let me tell you, this thing is, it's made to do one thing and it does it really well. It's made to keep notes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's what it's made for. It's not meant for watching TV or reading. I mean, you can read books and PDFs on it, but that's not its primary focus. Mm-hmm. Even little things like when I do notes, I can hit, I put tags in notes, you know, and, okay. and I can search by tags. Ah, Give me all okay. the notes related to this project I'm working on and that's good. list them all out. And I can find the latest one and jump right to it. Paper won't do that. Yeah. Paper <laughs> won't do that. You know, I'm, I'm flipping back in my pages. Well, what day was that not thing without again? The little sticky yellow, right? The little tabs <laughs> yeah. on the side. Paginated little stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the writing surface on it does feel like you're writing on paper. You know, it gives me that nice, hmm. satisfactory, just a little bit of drag mm-hmm. okay. that you want to have on that. It's super clear to read. The battery life is ridiculous on this thing. It, it, I go a week without recharging it. Okay. And it updates out to the cloud if I when I need it to. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with it and I'm pretty much I'm dependent on it now, I think. Wow. I know that at least one listener got infected by your enthusiasm for the remarkable. I was having lunch with uh, one of our supporters, Marcus, a few weeks ago after he'd heard the show. And he's like, well, 100 days, I'll order one and try it too. Because he also <laughs> likes to work with a notepad. I mean, he's very, right. he's keyboard oriented, but he also, he thinks and doodles and plans on mm-hmm. on a uh, on a, a tactile piece of paper and a pen. I get to play with a little bit. I hadn't, I haven't mm-hmm. seen yours, but I got to see the one that he picked up a, a few days later. And the things that I, I was impressed with mostly, now I didn't do any work on it, right? right. I, was, I just played around. But because it's that paperwhere technology, I was mm-hmm. thinking the latency is going to be garbage. Like I'm going to draw a line and I'll yeah, come back I'll Tuesday and the yeah. line will be there. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. and it wasn't as immediate as like an iPad, but it was startlingly accurate and yeah. responsive to drawing. That, that was the first surprising thing to me. And the other thing that you just touched on that I don't know how this is accomplished, but it feels like you're writing on paper. Yeah. And you, you said it, but I think it bears reinforcement but because I was thinking, yeah, I, I have a stylus with my tablet, I, but I don't do it because it's like it's rubber on glass and it doesn't feel right. But this just if you close your eyes. I'm just I'm writing on a piece of I'm paper. Scribbling. Yeah. And that that for me would be the barrier to use this because I can't stand how average styluses feel on glass screens. Yeah, and it I didn't agree. have that at all, which I thought was pretty damn awesome. I just want to ask one question, because yeah. every time somebody talks about drawing or writing on a tablet or whatever type of electronic device that they have. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling on the feeling mm-hmm. of paper part. I've seen videos on that and I would love to test out, you know, Marcus's yeah. or yours, Mo, at sure, some absolutely. point, just to kind of understand what that really feels like in the real sense. But you'll be startled. The thing that always bothers me the most is the way that I write. I'm always have my palm rested on the thing that I'm writing on because I'm just like that. And so that fucks with everything I've ever tried to write <laughs> on. I know artists have like those special little two fingered gloves that gloves, are similar yeah. to the ones. <laughs> (laughs) I used to see people wear playing pool Mm -hmm. um, that just have your 
your ring finger and your pinky and then the yep. whole palm is covered in the material so it doesn't do but those seem like they would feel horrible yeah uh, this one the palm doesn't affect it at all my palm rests on the paper Not at all. all the time I'm, I'm rubbing across it constantly. Yeah. Right. That's even a feature in a lot of tablets. They talk about great palm rejection like because they know it's right. a problem. Yeah. But I, you can't write with your finger on this, right? You have to use the stylus. So there's no danger. Yeah. Is that true? It, or? Unless it's like a button press kind of thing. Like okay. To switch tools. You can use your finger for that. But otherwise, the you stylus, have to use the you stylus. Got it. got it. And that button press is on the screen, not yeah. like a physical button? Oh, yeah. You can put a keyboard up on the screen if you want to. That's some amazing technology. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. It just that. works. Yeah. You know? I mean, wow. even the, that list I was talking about for the Mrs. Dave this one, you know, it's I wrote them all on my you jotted it <laughs> you on know, your board. That's right, jotted it down because it has a quick notes feature that I use all the time, just like for that stuff like that. So I'm even using it for like you know I'm doing stuff around the house, and I had to measure windows to get new blinds. But right. I grabbed my remarkable board out there, and I started drawing little no, pictures. No, no, you're my supposed scale. to write that on the palm of your hand with a sharpie. Don't you know that's no, how you no, take measurements? I use sticky notes for that. Like I have <laughs> sticky notes everywhere with little terrible drawings. That's why because uh, I got my actually I bought my girlfriend one for her birthday because she is the sticky note queen. Like they're all mm. over the place, and she's got to turn my camera around. <laughs> you see sticky notes everywhere. You see, I see, but you know, and she writes on you know random paper that she had that kind of thing. But she's actually completely switched over to it as well. She says it, wow. it just works really well. And again, the, it's the battery life thing also that really sells it for me. That I don't have to constantly charge it. Man, you know, if the price point was half of what you said it is, it's I'd pricey. probably buy it tomorrow. It's pricey. But I get why the price point is where it is because of what you're saying it does yeah. so well. And and it's light. It's not like heavy. Like a iPad is heavy. It is. Right. It's almost yeah. nothing. Right. Yes. Yeah, this is so, like almost yeah. nothing. I carry it with Does my it laptop. Does it feel like the weight of a pad of notebook paper then, yeah, I guess? Yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah pretty much. About, wow. about a pad weight. Maybe a little bit heavier, but not significantly. So, hmm. so yeah. So, I'm, I'm very happy with it now. I, you know, the convenience, uh, it's way smaller than my planner. It's lighter. It's easy. I can find notes really easy. Like, again, mm-hmm. I, as long as mm-hmm. I tag them, which there's a button tag, and you could have a whole list of all the tags that you want to apply to things, you know? It just makes it really simple. Like I said, it does one thing. It does it really well. So I can't complain about it. I think I already know the answer to this final question that I have, but that is, are you going to keep it? Oh, yeah. I have to. Done deal. You're yeah. halfway all, into all the trial period. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. That's Put all your notes in there. You. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I can you can export them all the PDFs if I want to. Yeah. And I, can, I have okay. them all. And actually, I even pulled wow. them on my desktop. You know, if I had to like write an email and reference them, I can mm-hmm. go to the oh, app wow. thing and I can pull my desktop and I can write my emails, that kind of stuff. That's so cool. it it works well. So, but that's what I got. But John, you have something that, God, I'm already probably going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually had this for maybe a little less than a year, maybe, but back around, back around Groundhog's Day last year, a YouTube channel that I follow called Technology Connections was doing a video about tangentially related to Groundhog Day. He was talking about the flip clock that's mm-hmm. next to his bed that oh, flips yeah. over every oh, yeah. day at 6 a.m., 6 like a.m. every day. The two half things kind of flip. Right, the right. Numbers, it's all the right? pieces yeah. that click apart. Yeah. And during this video, he was teaching how flip clocks work. And I thought it was really fascinating because I never thought about it. I mean, yes, I know there's, look, I've torn one apart before, but I could yeah. not put it back together. It's a million <laughs> little little plates that come together. But he explained how, uh, like, there's actually every time is on there twice. And I don't mean AM and PM. I mean, like, every time is on there right. twice because of the math and how the, the gears turn. 
and how you can only go one way and not the other way. And just like anyway, and how he explained that actually the the Groundhog Day clock was rigged to go back and forth between 559 and six. Right. You could tell that based on some some, oh, really? some <laughs> stuff in the middle. Anyway, anyway, but in the course of that video, he bought several flip clocks to illustrate how they worked. And he bought the biggest one he could find to really be able to see the interior. And in the course of watching this video, I'm like, okay, a series of things have happened to me. First, I have to go watch Groundhog Day again because that's amazing. <laughs> Second, it reminded me of when I used to tear apart my flip clocks. Now everything I have is digital. You know, my, my yeah. tablet is my alarm clock. And even the thing by my bed that I rarely use is digital. There's, there's no, mm-hmm. you know, but everybody had this same crazy flip clock by their bed when they were growing up, probably with the, the dim orange light shining yeah, in it. it. That you could yeah. barely read. Yeah, exactly. But the flip clock he was illustrating is so cool and so sexy and so nostalgic and retro that I went and bought it. And I have now had it, as I said, for several months. And invariably, when people visit, you know the garbage I have in my house. I have action figures and pop vinyls and arcade machines (laughs) and fake rifles and toys and arcade stuff. And they go, ooh, nice clock. Like, that's the thing? (laughs) That's the thing you want to call attention to? So if you can imagine, this is a flip clock that doesn't have a clock around it. It's just this big chunk. It's like 14 inches wide and it's exposed. All of the flip things are all open. You can see the back. You can see the front. It's open. It's on this beautiful chrome base. And because it's so big, like when it rolls over the next hour, there's this audible in the room. Sometimes it scares my cat because that's a little bit audible. It ticks over, but it's really pretty. And so many people have commented on it and it got me to appreciating just like when I bought it, this was back when I had a job. So I'm like, Oh, well, whatever it costs, I don't care. It's just pretty. It is a little spendy. I think it's like 80 bucks, maybe. It's not a yeah, cheap clock. I'm just looking at it now. <laughs> and the thing is, nobody needs this clock. You all have a clock in your pocket already, right? Your yeah. digital assistant has a clock. You can ask it, all those things. But this thing has that retro vibe, that, and it's so big, and it's so attractive that I wanted to call attention to it because you guys might appreciate it. Like you said, Mo, you might end up buying one. It's so pretty. It's nice, a centerpiece you would put somewhere. But it just adds that there's like a classiness and a nostalgic flair to it that you don't you don't think about what an analog clock can do. And this does that and more because of the flip nature of it. Yeah. You know, I'm finally happy to be able mm-hmm. to report that John has brought a piece of tech to the tech and toy segment mm-hmm. that I don't feel a huge burning <laughs> desire to buy. <laughs> well, Good. crap, well, I do. <laughs> I went and looked at the link that you provided, Mo. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you'll give this for the Mm -hmm. listeners Mm -hmm. out there. But I looked at it and I said, you know what? I don't need that. Yeah. And I think it was because of something that you mentioned during the description, (laughs) though. You said everybody had one of these by their bedside when we were Mm -hmm. growing up. Yeah. I never did. Oh, really? I I never had a flip clock. Oh, never did. I think because we owned the grocery store. So the clocks Mm -hmm. that I always had in my room were those God awful, like merchandising brand. Like I had a sun kiss (laughs) clock for a while. I had a Budweiser clock for a while. I thought you were going to say you had the time clock in your room. and had to wake up and punch in. (laughs) No, no, he definitely wanted me to have that close. No, but I I never had the little nightstand flip clock, Hmm. you know, desk type of thing. Ah. I never had it. So I never cared. I love the functionality of them. I love, the mm-hmm. way they work, mm-hmm. you know, being yep. an engineering mind kind of person, I loved, you know, looking at them that way. I just don't need it for my house, not for eighty bucks. No member bucks, for yeah, you. maybe yeah. right. But, yeah, oh, I'm on the borderline right now whether I'm going to get it. So, because um, I remember the, uh, I, I don't. Well, you I'm still sure. got four hundred dollars to pay off on your other thing. That's you don't true. need this. That's a good point. But the, uh, <laughs> but I remember doing this with flip. I'm sure everyone who's had one of these flip co- 
clock flip clocks have done this. Woo! We get you spin it. <laughs> Mo had a flip cock. A flip that flip cock. Uh, <laughs> not everybody had one of those, Mo. Well, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> we take the dial and you spin it really fast to see how fast you can yes. the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um but I'm looking at this thing, it just looks cool. I don't know. I I, I understand, George. Like you said nobody needs this. Absolutely nobody needs this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I'm tempted. Yeah. I, to me, honestly, it doesn't look that cool. Well, you just don't have the nostalgia for it. If you saw it in person, what? you might think differently. But look, I'm not trying to sell you one. I'm just want to tell you <laughs> no, no, I think no, it's no. really cool. <laughs> and people like it. I don't want to bruise your making George buy stuff <laughs> ego, but <laughs> hey, my record is good. I'm all right with it. <laughs> you are. He let this one slide. This is like the first miss in 20, 30 years at this point. <laughs> But it doesn't remind me, other than those faceplates, nothing of it reminds mm. me of what you're talking about people had at their bedside. The wood grain, the elongated oval, the backlight, none of that is present in that design other mm. than those right. faceplates. That's yeah. the only part of it. So, yeah. Although yeah. I do see one thing about it, which is odd. It takes a freaking D-cell battery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It, it's a beast. Can you still buy those? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. So, oh, well. Well, it was a miss, George. Now let me tell you about the Dragon's Lair Galaga shirt that I found. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. If you look good, we don't look good. Make history. We have Vidal Sassoon. If you don't look good, we don't look good. Make shine. We have Vidal Sassoon. If you don't look good, we don't look good. Make style. We have Vidal Sassoon. If you don't look good, we don't look good. Make color. We have Vidal Sassoon. If you don't look good, we don't look good. Make history. Vidal Sassoon. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's time! All right, well, as you probably noticed, I had nothing to talk about in the last segment, but it seems to me that damn near (laughs) every time we do this podcast, at least 140 some odd episodes, we have all three had something to talk about in the game segment, which (laughs) proves my point that it's the most important segment of the show. Okay. It is a segment. It's a segment. Yes. <laughs> All right. Fine. John, since you're mm. whinging the most, you get to start. What game are you playing? <laughs> well, I'm not upset. I was just debating the validity of your statement, but I am excited about games just as much as you are. <laughs> You'll remember, I think the last time we talked, maybe the previous show, we talked about that lost prototype Atari 2600 game called Sonar. Yes. The oh, one yeah, that yeah. used, yeah, the used video. stereo yeah. and it never came out and then it did and somebody fixed it. Really cool. And when I talked about that in the video that I did, one of the things I mentioned was as cool as it is, and it was very, very cool, and I still enjoy it. I played it some more. 
it made me hopeful for what else might be out there. What other things might we not know sure. about from the early days of Atari? Yeah, yeah. Well, as if I predicted it, which I did not, a couple <laughs> weeks after that was discovered, another early Atari prototype was revealed and now wow. available publicly. Is somebody just finding these now? or Yes. So Sonar was found when an old Atari R&D engineer sold a bunch of just boxes to some enthusiasts and they're digging through them and they're just finding, you know, boards with out labels on them. They plug them in and stuff and clean them up and see if they can figure mm -hmm. out what they are. This was in that same bunch of stuff. Uh, see, timing is suspect to me because Atari is just now hitting its 50th <laughs> and it's all over the place. Uh, they they don't, found this shit earlier. Come don't on. you think if Atari found them, they'd be selling them to you? Because that's that's what they've been doing lately. So these but are free. But it's not though. Atari. It's some it's some <laughs> schmo who bought something from somebody, right? <laughs> it, well, well, I, I don't call him a schmo. He's a talented guy. But yes, it's <laughs> no, some no, no, average no. guy. But not he's Atari not the corporation. I'm that's saying right. he's probably had these things for a while, and he's like, ooh, he has had it for about a year. Look at all the Google alerts yeah. now for Atari. <laughs> yep, he's had it for about a year. Now he's putting them out. So the okay. new one is this game was. Complete. It was done. Like the last one had some limitations and somebody went in and fixed them. This mm -hmm. one's finished. This is a game written by, his name eludes me for the moment, uh, but he's the same guy who wrote Superman for the Atari 2600. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. That's one same, of your favorites. Yeah, it is. Same developer. This is the game he was working on just before he started Superman. He he was working on this. They assigned him Superman. He put that down and he did the next game, which was Superman. This is a game called Snark. It's an interesting sports type game. Like if you mash up okay. handball with combat tanks, that's what this game is. What? Yeah. So there's this little simple maze. There's a blue box and a red box, and each of them have a single bullet, like a boomerang you can throw, and or like a Tron disc, right? You can throw okay. it, but you can't yeah, throw it, it again until you catch it again, right? You okay. throw it around. And there's this little ball on the screen called a snark. It's just a dot. It's a square. It's like every other thing on the Atari. It's a little square. Right. You're trying to hit the snark with your bullet, but you're trying to not get hit by your opponent's bullet or get hit by the snark, which is bouncing around. So it's this frenetic, crazy little game with hmm. three bullets bouncing around all the time. You're trying to catch the bullet and throw it, get your opponent. And the scoring is really clever. Like if you hit the snark, you get three points. But if you get hit by the snark, you lose five points, oh. which is much Ooh. worse. You think you'd be over to, I think you played a 21 or something. You think it'd be over right away. Oh no, there's a lot of, <laughs> I'm almost there. And now I have zero. All right. Because the, <laughs> wow. you get caught in a corner and it bounces around. But like, just like Sonar before it, is it fun? Yes, it is. Someone asserted on Atari age, maybe it just wasn't fun enough. I think it's it, it's more fun than a lot of the early Atari games. Yeah, they it's more fun than Outlaw, you know? Yeah. And the reason it didn't get released, as far as we can tell, look, you have game options. And they're like, oh, you, you do the game select and one of them is the ball will eventually expire and you just get a new one. Or it's persistent. Uh. You've got to catch it and throw it again. That's one option. And then there's one that has to do with difficulty. The third option is this crazy thing called color spin or something. And literally all he did was just make the screen crazy spinning colors to give you a seizure. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so apparently, according to the developer, he said, yeah, they were concerned that this game would give people seizures and maybe they would get back to it. But instead, he jumped off and he worked on Superman, forgot all about this. He thought it was gone in an interview in 2000. He's like, nope, I'll never see that game again because I didn't keep a copy. Turns out there was a board with a little white sticker on the chip 
that said snark and now it's another this one's a 1978 atari 2600 game programmed by an atari employee in the building where everything else we know and it can be added to your library and played anytime that you want for free you know it's i'm surprised that they're finding any games because these weren't easy to come up with right and they took a lot of time and effort and stuff to mm-hmm. come. And so to have a game that they sort of put to the side, I'm almost like, wow, really? Why would it's- you throw that effort away? Why'd <laughs> yeah, you something exactly. with it, right? You yep. think? Yeah. Turns but out. Yeah. It's cool though. It is. So this one is now in my collection along with Sonar. Snark is now with it. I'm waiting for the next thing. There's got to be more in those boxes. So <laughs> who knows? Are they going to be as good? I don't know. But this is a great one to add. If you haven't tried it, you should check it out. I'll give you the link to the video I did, Mo. And in the video, there are links where you can download it and play it. So Oh, awesome. Awesome. So Mo, what have you been playing? So I'm playing a game that, um, actually, I got it on the Epic Store because it was free. You know, the free games they give out. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, every, yeah. Every week. And they, they gave this one away a bit ago. But I just started playing it because again. And I'm not sure why I didn't play it when I first got it. Um, it's called Called okay. shapes, except instead of e s s e z shapes. Oh, oh gangster shapes. It? Yeah, gangster <laughs> shapes. Um, I know. I talked about a game. Oh, it was a long time ago called Satisfactory, where you yes. basically had to build like these conveyor belts and machines, and they would feed you know raw materials and make stuff. And that's basically this simplified. Like they simplified that concept in this game. So now it's all top down, two D. Instead of building contraptions, you're taking you're building shapes. That's the name. All okay. the shapes are on a, like a two by two grid. And so you can do things like it may like the simple one is, you know, take this circle, make it blue, which is a tool to make it. You combine the blue with the circle, make a blue circle. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to do. Make 50 of them. You know, that's like early. Then you can start realizing you could like layer them and you could cut them apart. So now you have a shape that's half circle, half square. So it's like a oh. bottom with a dome on the top. Okay. Yep. With the top is blue, the bottom is white, and you have to oh. figure out how to put those together and build. So you're them. like cut it first, then color just a half, and then put it back together. Right. And exactly. I looked at the exactly. video and look in the description. We were joking about this at the beginning. You know, an assembly line automation construction is <laughs> like yawn. yawn. <laughs> but I looked at the video and it's it has overwhelmingly positive reviews. And oh yeah. That explains what I saw in the video. That like, what are they doing? What are these little shapes going around <laughs> and through boxes? It, you're you're acting upon them. I guess you're making yeah. them do stuff. You okay. Make Hmm. And I found out now that there's a whole, the person who wrote the code actually has put it out there as open source <laughs> and people are writing tons of mods for it now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I was sitting there and I was like, wow, because you have like a machine that combines like a shape and a color and each machine takes a certain, it only do so much per second. Like every mach- every little thing, something that welds things together, maybe could only could do two a second or one a second. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of balance everything out. So you're feeding things at the right rate and you're not having machines sending idle. But I was sitting there, I was like, wow, really would like to know like how efficient this one machine is going. Am I keeping it going 100% of the time? Is it only 50% of the time? Looked online. Someone wrote a mod to do that. To, to, to report your machine efficiency. It actually puts, writes it on the machine. You have a little percentage. percentage or on the machine. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out there's tons of people have expanded it. They've done this. So there's a whole community out there now. They have a whole Discord channel that people just constantly talk about new things that they're building. And so far, I'm still playing just the basic game with the exception of the little percentage thing. And it's fun. You know, it's, it's one of these things that's really great to do when you just want to turn off your brain for a while and just sort of focus on something, you know what I mean? Like you just focus on one thing so you forget about everything else for a while. This game will do that for you because you're, you're going to focus on this, you're going to build this and then next year you're like, oh, I should have been in bed four hours ago. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm in there. <laughs> but, but, but that's okay because this has been, you know, it's really fun. And there's a million ways of solving all these problems. You could, you know, you could make them as complicated or as simple as you like. You have this basically unlimited field to build things in. So you could build just huge things if you want to go that far. It is 
very well done as far as like it's not glitchy it you know like we talk about polished the game just works yeah. the game is polished mm-hmm. right you know Good. it right now so i got one was free which i'm glad but now it's 10 bucks i would have easily paid the 10 bucks for this game yeah. you know it's, it's wow. 9.99 right now on on uh epic i would pay that to get this game again because i would totally get my quarries out of this easily it kind of looks like the kind of puzzle game that i would dig it reminds me of the the human resource machine or whatever yeah, that game similar. was called that sort of thing yeah it looks fun and some of the shapes you get because you also can overlay shapes too so mm. you have a circle inside a square and the inside circle is be blue and the outside square is oh, be red. Wow. And so mm-hmm. they, they, they ramp up the complexity, but they do it very one step at a time. You know, you learn one new tool at a time so that when you get to these higher level complexities, you're not like freaking out like, you know, how the hell do I do this? So <laughs> it's, it's a cool. fun game. Like I said, I would totally pay the 10 bucks for it. So if, if you like that kind of like mm, not violent sort of just <laughs> casual game, I guess you call it. This is definitely one for you. Cool. Right. Sweet. I'm looking at what George has, and this is this is my game, man. <laughs> it's right yeah, up your alley. <laughs> I kind of thought Mo might, this is my might game. appreciate this oh, list. No, this, is, this is, I played this probably more hours than probably most other game I have. Yeah, so what Mo's talking about that he spied on our little I totally list on our card <laughs> is... XCOM 2. Now, this game, again, comes from that Turkey-Syria earthquake relief bundle. Mm-hmm. Mo can tell you way more about this game than I ever could, but <laughs> I'm just going to talk about my experience with it. So you guys know that bundle, everything works out to 23 cents an item with how many items they gave you in the bundle and how much the bundle cost at the minimum price. That's what each item costs you. Mm-hmm. This game was released in 2016. And John, I swear to God, to this day, this game still costs fifty nine ninety nine. That's wow. how popular. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> Twenty was that four? That's seven years ago, almost seven years ago. Wow. Now that means that I saved fifty nine dollars <laughs> and seventy six cents. On the purchase of it, I noticed when I installed the game, it's like, one of your friends has this game. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder which one. (laughs) He's played 17 man years. Right. (laughs) So I played this game and my experience is this. It is a fun game. There are parts of the game that I wish were slightly different. But for somebody like Mo, I bet this game is just like, oh, you know, like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, And there is one thing that's going to draw me back to this game more times than some other games. I can play this game in what feels like 15 minute little segments and then walk Mm -hmm. away and then come back and pick right up where I wanted to because of the save features and the nature of the gameplay itself. So, so far, what I've experienced is you have nice cut scenes Mm -hmm. and you have interactions with other characters in these cut scenes at different points when you make different like upgrades or you visit different parts of the environment. Then you go on a mission. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the mission, you have a tactical squad that's doing this turn-based strategy fight against these aliens that have, uh, I'm assuming they invaded Earth or whatever in the first game, right? Mm -hmm. I've discovered, do not get emotionally attached to any of the people you take with you you on the mission because they're all going to fucking die. Well, not all. They all don't have to die. (laughs) No, no. They don't need to die. They don't have to die. I I have lost, you take a squad of four, at least in the early missions. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you get more later on, but you take a squad of four. I have lost 50% of my squad every time. 
Oh, no. So, and what sucks <laughs> is that if, the longer you keep somebody, the better they get. Yeah, because you so, upgrade their ability. It really yeah. hurts their skill sets. Them. So mm. you hurt, if yeah. you lose an experienced person, you're like, ah, not him. Like, I lost <laughs> I lost a ranger Ooh, in my first like real them. mission, and she was like this badass chick with a sword, sword. and had close-up <laughs> melee combat. I got her in a vulnerable position and the aliens just went to town and capped her off before she ever got to her next turn where she could have gotten a cover or gotten healed or anything. So brutal game, fun storyline. Mo, the only part that I don't like Mm -hmm. is that the turns feel like they take longer than they should with the computer that I have right now. Mo, they shouldn't take that like long? it's thinking or the actual no, animation it should, it should be pretty quick <laughs> like the animations and the moving around and stuff like that it's not that they're stuttering or anything like that it just feels like that the gameplay like when i take a guy and i move him from mm-hmm. where he's at to the place i want him to go and maybe because i dash with him that's going to take both of his actions in right. that turn right it feels like it it takes a, a slightly longer amount of time for that to happen and then for it to go to the next person. Mm. And maybe it's because I'm still in the early phases, tutorial kind of stuff. And so maybe it's moving along a little bit slower than it will later. Mm. That's the only part. It, it feels mm. like that the turn-based part of the game, which I'm sure is the big appeal for you. Yeah is the part that makes it feel slightly disjointed for me. Uh, it's not going to stop me from playing the game. I'm still enjoying the fact that I can finish a campaign or a little mission in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of wish that was slightly smoother. Okay. Okay. Like I say, I can't say how many times I restarted missions because my favorite character died. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, right. I was like, oh no, that is not happening. Restart. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided that I'm not going to restart anything. Ooh. I'm just going to live with the consequences. Chaos run. Yeah. There's a yeah. mode that will not let you do that actually. Oh, is there a mode? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. It sounds like it's not the mechanics of the game so much you don't like, but the pacing of those mechanics, if I understand what you're saying. Like, if they just I think were a little so, snappier. Yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I don't think yeah. I've ever played it, but Mo has spoken highly of it forever, and now you've oh, yeah. tried it, and outside of a few you know, nitpicks, you really enjoy it. So I, I know it's widely regarded. Uh, uh, at 23 cents, those nitpicks don't count. <laughs> it yeah. does not count, no matter. Yeah. And actually, John, since I already have the game and I also bought that same bundle. You have I a have bonus. A That's I right. I have a code for you. I could say uh-huh. 59.76 too. <laughs> you could say 59.99. I, I could say 59.99, the whole thing. I didn't pay the 23 cents. <laughs> right. Mo, I'll, I'll I will give you, you a quarter. I'll give you a quarter. <laughs> that sounds fair. Okay, fair enough. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult Struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, And this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. You know, we always enjoy coming to Carol's. Let's tell them. Let's. Oh, excuse me. Who's the boss? At Carol's, you're the boss. One way we show it is good food and great values, like a super breakfast special for only $2.29. At lunch, a natural filet of sole sandwich or deluxe hot dog platter for $3.29. And dinners like homemade chicken pot pie at $4.69 or this delicious new steak and shrimp for only $6.79. 
Come see how much Caro's cares about you. Before we wrap up this episode, we want to, as we always do, take a second here toward the end to talk about what's coming up, what we're looking forward to in the future between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, I would like to start with you. What do you have on the horizon? Sure. I mean, the first thing I'm looking forward to is something I just recently found out about. It's a movie called Still. It's a Michael J. Fox Mm -hmm. movie. It's a biography about him, his life, his career, and all that stuff. I've always liked him. I mean, from sitcom Mm -hmm. days to movies, and then after he became sick and the struggles he's gone through with that, you know, I just mm-hmm. really, really like him and admire the guy. So I think I can't see how his biography can't be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he's narrating a lot of it too, it looks like too. So I think it's going to yeah, be very, good. very cool. So definitely looking forward to that. It's coming on um, May 12th on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Ah, nice. Yeah. The next thing I'm looking forward to, and I'm about to ask George to cover his ears, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And then moving on. Mother I'm also looking forward to- <laughs> bucket! No! Uh, I claimed it on the last episode. This but, is mine. But you didn't write it down. So I did. I did write it down. It's in both cards. No, I even wrote was, that I claimed it in the last card. You write this card, so I just put it in there. Oh, what? I didn't write in your four hundred dollar notebook. God damn. <laughs> well, that what too. The hell? So, all right, I'll let George talk about that one then. But yeah, I'm looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm most looking forward to is a show on Apple TV coming out May 5th called Silo. And it's based mm. on a series of novels that were freaking amazing. And it's about this dystopian future where something happened to the outside world and people live in these underground silos. Yeah. And it's been Post-pop so long, Arctic. they're not sure what happened. Like, they don't remember what happened. Right. All they know is that it's not safe to go outside. And like this silo okay. has like 100 levels in it. And it's Ooh. like there's a lot of society stuff in it. Like the, the better, you know, the higher status you are, the higher you live and the lower status of the bottom levels. Ooh, this has got elements of like a video game franchise oh, fallout yeah. plus elements <laughs> of that uh, platform, the, the Spanish film where everybody was trying to get the food. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> and the food kept moving up and down. Right. <laughs> it, it just has like just a ton of just amazing actors in it. I mean, I, I saw the recent list of people who were in it. And I'm like, oh, my God, all of them are like great and again the storyline and it's it, the book was a bunch of short stories so i'm so i'm thinking that may fit well into the tv series uh, kind of maybe work. more episodic right. than serialized then okay. right yeah so kind of like world war z maybe yeah and they weren't necessarily related to each other but you know mm-hmm. but they're stories about this world basically in the same world so i am totally looking forward to that and yeah that's gonna be amazing so that's what i got okay. how about you john uh well i also i saw that trailer for still a michael j fox movie uh, looks really great, so I'm also looking forward to that. There's another series that actually just started back on April 28th. That's the day we're recording this, but I've not seen it yet. It just started called King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch. And Golden is the man's name, <laughs> G-O-L-D-I-N. Okay. <laughs> this is about a guy who acquires extremely rare collectibles in every every milieu, right? Every he's sports and uh, video he games. He likes collectibles. Huh? Whatever. <laughs> no, no. He gets them for celebrities who pay hundreds of thousands oh. of dollars for them. He's the oh. one that makes it happen. He's like a broker for these super oh. rare collectibles. And the nice thing is I can watch it and not want to buy any of this stuff because it's way out of my price range. <laughs> but it looks like a, it's like a super high dollar Pawn Stars, the way this show looks, because they go out and find and you learn the history of them and then somebody buys them kind of thing. So it looks really interesting. That's a job it? that I don't want to have because you would have to give up the thing you just got 
to whoever schmuck well, boy you wanted you to get it. Like you're not in love with everything you go find. Like he goes and gets this baseball jersey, and I don't care about that. But I'm happy to take a cut when I sell it to somebody else. But some things you'd get like, oh, I don't want to get rid of this. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's on Netflix. It's out now. The first episode is out by the time you hear this. The one I'm most looking forward to, and frankly, it's all I needed. I didn't need the other two. It's a puppet show is coming oh, May 10th Jesus. on Disney Plus. The Muppets Mayhem. The oh, Muppet yeah. Show. Oh, yeah. How House Band has gotten their own series, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. It's littered with celebrities. It's kind of like a mockumentary almost, full of amazing puppets, Muppets. I'm, I'm sorry. Muppets. Uh, it looks great. The trailer looks amazing. And, you know, I was always fascinated by the Electric Mayhem, that house band. And they never really did anything other than like in between scenes. And now they get a whole series to themselves. And I think that's that's a neat way to explore the Muppets universe without retreading ground that we've already seen. We don't, maybe you don't need right. another Kermit Miss Picky love story. Maybe there's <laughs> other people out there to have their own story. And I think that's a really neat idea. Uh, and nice. so can't wait. Disney Plus, May 10th, Muppets Mayhem. So George, how about you? What do you got coming up? Uh, okay. Well, first thing is uh, I'm collecting more popcorn tins for some ungodly reason. <laughs> oh, you able to find some? <laughs> Is it for investing yeah. or because you want them or a little of each? I want them. I okay. d- freaking golden guy needs to go out there and go get me these goddamn things <laughs> because of the D20 fiasco. And <laughs> now uh, I had to reach over to Marcus, my Jacksonville brother, to go grab me the Groot Cup because I don't have mm. a Cinemark here in town. And ah. that Groot Cup, I guess, is only at that one. Exclusive. But he was fortunate enough to grab one for me. Thank you very much, Marcus. Um, And, you know, because, John, we haven't really mentioned it on the podcast yet, but Rated Gen X is now one of our children channels Mm -hmm, for Gen X Grown Up. And because I'm doing all these movie trailer reviews and I'll be doing movie reviews in general and things like that, anything Mm -hmm. movie oriented on that channel, it's just making me think more about these things. So (laughs) popcorn tins are getting crazy (laughs) and I think they've finally realized, oh, here's something we can sell that the people want terribly badly and they'll come to the theater just to buy this. So (laughs) maybe it's a way to keep theaters afloat for a little while. I don't know. I think it's smart. You get more revenue yeah. and they're not selling tickets, sell trinkets. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, another old nostalgic thing that actually comes out in AMC theaters today. We're recording this on Friday, uh, April 28th, and it looks like it's going to be in for at least a week, is a re-release of Return of the Jedi. Aha. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oddly enough, we're going to find out something a little bit here, <laughs> a little bit on the podcast that relates to that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to going to see that in the theater because I haven't seen it in the theater since it originally came out what was it 30 years ago 40 24 83 years ago yeah good lord Mm -hmm. so yeah looking forward to that and then spoiler alert i'm looking forward to guardians of the galaxy volume three (laughs) you too oh shut (laughs) you too (laughs) damn it ouch steal my thunder uh it looks to be the last guardians of the galaxy film which is sad for me but james gunn is now the kevin feige of the dc universe apparently so i don't think we're going to get another one of these considering all the actors and actresses had said previously if james gunn's not doing the films anymore we're not doing them but i hope this one will be a good send-off for those characters Mm -hmm. it looks to be the same quality as they did the first two i'll be happy if the trailer is any indication they did yeah awesome Mm -hmm. yep Wow. So much stuff to look forward to. Uh, that we, We've gone a little bit over time, but it's just, there's so much good stuff. I just love that we take time for it. That then is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. But fear not, we'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week is our backtrack. That's where we pick a single nostalgic topic 
to dig in deep. And look, I'm not the one that should be announcing this. So between George and Mo, you just kind of teased it a little bit, George. <laughs> Mo, would you well, kindly tell the fourth listener what yeah. the next backtrack is going to be all about? George kind of alluded to it <laughs> a little bit ago. <laughs> so no, it's going to I'm I, this is it's going to be hard to keep this one short. I know we'll try, but it's going to be talking about the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. 40 freaking mm. years. Mm. Oh my god. <sighs> There's, it, uh, there's so much in it. I just rewatched it. I watched the I despecialized edition, and then I watched some of the the respecialized, the special special mm. editions. There's so much to talk about. What a landmark! I have film. watched that film so goddamn much. <laughs> I have some of the Ewoks lines memorized. That's impressive. <laughs> Whatever crap they say, right? <laughs> no, no, no. That's a Jawa motherfucker. Get oh, it straight. Oh, Ma- oh, dude. I beg your pardon. You see why oh, I didn't mm-mm. announce this backtrack clearly? Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh. I hope you will join us for that one. That's going to come your way next Thursday. Until then, I'm John. George, thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, pal. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though, we all appreciate most of all. And we'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. All right, 146, here we go. <clears throat> we'll go in five, four, three. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this. The, oh, it's not the backtrack edition. Shit, I almost said the backtrack. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 